Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And here we go singing my birthday song to my father. Here we go singing a song. Happy birthday, Big 401. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you.
The reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you, Miss Kimberly Jones, mm-hmm. is because you are one of the the longest running close in business relationships I've had since being here in Atlanta. And I probably won't talk to you mm-hmm. while I'm talking. That's because I stalk you, but go ahead. <laughs> right, that too. <laughs> um Okay, but you so you know my history. Like mm-hmm. you you've read Cookie, like you've advocated for for Cookie since you read it from jump. Um and it seems like you've always believed in it more than anybody else, which is it's always meant a lot for me because a, a lot of my close close family, like mm-hmm. my close blood are either not here mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. um or I just don't talk to them. Gotcha. So having someone to really support that story for me means a lot. Story is brilliant. Thank you. So, <laughs> so I wanted to, um, this conversation is going to be about dating and entrepreneurship. Um, more specifically for women like you and I. It's hard. And definitely being in Atlanta. and It's harder. Yes. And you have had so many lives and you've talked <laughs> to so many, you know, so many people. Like, you know, people in uh, I guess you probably know people in the animal industry, <laughs> liquor do. industry, uh, obviously books, film, politics, musicians, painters, um, mechan- who else? I mean, who do you not know? Real estate. Real estate. Bankers. Right. So, it's, right. Lawyers. Um, <laughs> restaurant owners. Like, any in the area. Like, the other day I texted you about something. You was like, oh, so just got a green. Like, you know... Everybody for a little bit of everything. Um, and you are really, like, trusted and loved by everybody. So, Kimberly Jones, like, <laughs> how long have you been here in Atlanta? I've been here in Atlanta for 15 years now. 15 years. So, that means you came in, what is, what, 2004? Yep. Oh, you know, that's the year I graduated. So, I, I ooh, ooh. 15 years? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. So, 15 years. Why did you come here? Um, it's a funny story how I ended up here. I, I, I hear your phone. I know. See? It's, it, I put it on vibrate and then it started vibrating. <laughs> I just wanted it to be silent. And it's January of all people. Another friend right. of ours. Um, I came here. I'm originally from Chicago, but I was living in California when I came to Atlanta. And to be completely transparent, I was homeless in California. The cost of living in California was so high right. that I found myself not homeless like sleeping on street corners right. but like just sleeping on homie's couch right and after a while that you know that gets old right and people be wanting you off their couch right um and so i had family here i had two of my brothers living here at the time and i felt like going back home was not going to be what i needed to do um and i had had a certain level of success okay. in california and breaking into film but it was all very entry-level stuff stuff that was great in terms of education, me learning a lot, but not stuff that was obviously paying the bills because I'm couch right. surfing. Right. And so I came here to stay with my brother just to kind of try to get myself on my feet. But then things turned around for me really quickly once I got here. And you, 
from day one, which is crazy, because I think we well, we stumbled across each other because you worked at this bookstore called Little Shop of Stories. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this is probably about four years ago, right? It's been longer than yeah, that. Yeah, four or five years or something It's like been that. about five or six years. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably in the very beginning because I've yeah. been here seven years now. Yeah. So it probably is like about five years or so. Yeah. And so, of course, me, I'm trying to, I'm walking around with my books trying to let, you know, let everybody know about it. So <laughs> I come in, you know, like, it, but my book is independent. Like, I've always been an independently published writer for mm-hmm. the most part. And you guys actually took the chance and like shelved, like you put the books on the shelf and mm-hmm. you guys had um this this program called Project Bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'll never forget this experience. You got first of all, I'll let you tell it because you tell it so good. So you tell <laughs> you tell the experience about Project Bookshelf because it was like my first like experience of like really believing in the story and just just, in, just being in my story. Like I was really I was able to see the impact. And it kind of really changed my, you know, my, I guess. Is that my, when you my, fell in love with your YA stuff? Yeah. I mean. That's, that's your only YA title, right? That's my only one. Okay. For like, for me, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm more of an emotionally driven writer mm-hmm. and I always write what the stories I feel like needs to be told. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, that's the only story that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. As a YA or a coming of age. That's what I right. call it. Yeah. A coming of age story. Okay. Which is so, all those YA books are coming of age take stories. A, take okay. So. Story. I usually embarrass the crap out of her when I'm telling this story in front of other people. But I know. So I'm gonna close my eyes while you tell it. <laughs> um, what happened was with Project Bookshelf, what it was, it was a it was a, a program for underprivileged kids so that they could actually have books on their bookshelf at home. And so the way that it worked is every holiday um, through the Decatur Education Foundation, every before every break, whether it was a spring break, summer break, Christmas break, fall break, whatever, Project Bookshelf would bring give each of the kids $30 to spend in the store. And then they would come in the store and we would basically shut the store down for them and let them shop and let them spend their $30 in the store. And what I found was these girls that were in Project Bookshelf, because it's indicator, they they were one or two things. They were either girls living in the projects, mm-hmm. their indicator, or they were girls who were refugees from war-torn com- com- countries. Because, um, you know, we have a, a lot of refugees on that side of town in Decatur and, and um, right. that area. So the girls would be either one of the two. They would either be project girls or they would be refugee girls. And so when they would read, I had all these amazing books by black authors that I would try, try to offer them. But they never saw themselves in those books. They never felt like those girls spoke in their language. They never felt like... Those girls look like them, sound like them. So they started requesting me to order books for them because I could do that. But they would be trying to order like books that's really for grown women, like thug loving and stuff like that. Right. And I'm like, that's crazy. I'm like, I cannot in good conscience send you home with thug loving. So <laughs> I started, <laughs> I started trying to find something that spoke in our voice, not a code switcher, not somebody who talks one way. This day, and then when they were around, you know, white people, they talked another way. Like, I started trying to find stories that were age-appropriate for them, that spoke in their voice, but where they got to see themselves as the hero. And the only book I found was Cookie. And how I found Cookie was we had we had already had Cookie on the shelf because you had done that uh, that event at the store, right? When we tried a, to have the panel. diversity circle, mm-hmm. right? So we had Cookie. So that was the first time that I had something when they came in that I thought was going to be something they got excited about, 
And boy, did they get excited. They all bought Cookie. They cleared Cookie off our shelf because they all bought Cookie. So all the copies that we had of Cookie, they bought that day. And some yeah, of them were dope. really deeply hurt that they didn't get a copy. <laughs> and they were like, well, will you share with me? I'll let you read this book if you swap Cookie with me. And so they came back the next time and all these girls kept talking about was Cookie. Where's part two to Cookie? Where's something else by this writer for Cookie? And so I have been in a little bit of communication with you because... Of the of the diversity um, right. panel or whatever, but I called you and I told you about these girls. How these girls were like so excited or whatever. And one of the counselors actually like reached out to me and said, "Can you please get this author to do a school visit?" So between the school visit and the project bookshelf, because she was like, "These these are girls I can't get to read, and they have read Cookie from cover right. to cover, and they keep talking about <laughs> it. They're so in love with it." And you now, this is the part that's dope about you because we were able to bring the girls in, and I asked you, I think, to come in one day just to surprise them, just to be right. in the store when they were in there. And you was like, "I'm gonna do better than that." So Tamika set up in our multi-purpose room. She set up like a whole like sn- snacks for them and all of this stuff, so they got to spend all their project bookshelf time actually sitting with her, having snacks, talking about the mm-hmm. book. And you know, these are kids. I get all emotional. I almost want to cry when I tell these stories. These are kids that people have thrown away. Yeah. These are people, these are kids that people think, people have told these kids they're not going to be nobody. Yep. And here it is, their favorite author is sitting there with them. You know, she is celebrity to them. She a rock star right, to them. Right, like, okay. <laughs> they, she took the time out of her day not only to come to see them, but to make it special, to make it stick. And she didn't just drop them after that day. She went to their school and talked to them. She got some of them tickets for the AANBC Awards. Oh, yeah. It was like she did this whole, like that whole year, you were so embedded in their lives. And it's like... That just Mm. meant so much to them. And it meant so much to me because even when I was doing Project Bookshelf low-key, some of the people who ran the program act like it was an inconvenience. Right. Yeah. And these kids are used to being treated like an inconvenience. And for the first time, they they felt special. They felt heard. They felt loved. But it was somebody they saw as a celebrity. So it was like even bigger. You know what I mean? And it's like, I know that's how you get to see the impact of books, I think. I mean, for me, just so you tell it so well. So, <laughs> so for me, like that was the the reason why I wanted to, and I forgot about going to doing all the extra after the school stuff. <laughs> but uh, when you when you called and told me that, I, I got excited about just the idea of that being me, right? Like they're reading a story that really is me, right? And I had so many questions or things I experienced that I had nobody to talk to, mm-hmm. or. The things I used to dream about, they really just stayed in my head. Nobody told me that the things I wanted, I can go and pursue them. So when I when I have the opportunity to kind of just not just say, hey, you can do it. I want to prove to you that you can. Right. I want to show you that I'm you can. Proof. I'm the proof. Like, right. I'm the living vessel. Like, right. I'm here in, in flesh. Right. Like, you read my story. You saw what I went through. Right. And yet I'm still here. I'm on the other side. Right. So what's up? What you got now? Like like what's like, the you excuse got no now? Excuse. Like you ain't got no excuse, right? So I I, I that for us not only just started um, like this domino effect of just continuing to pour into each other, and this is crazy, Kim. Literally, and I was writing my notes in the car. I'm gonna try not to get emotional, oh <laughs> but I was writing my notes in the car. I've been here seven years. 
And I I, I had no idea what life was going to be like when I came to Atlanta, especially after losing my mother. Oh, I was in a marriage I did not want to be in. And being here, you either got to pay people to support or you got to do something or whatever the case may be. Right. Meeting Kim has not only just been like a fresh breath of air, but Kimberly is one of the few people that continue to encourage me, push me forward, say keep going, and then just pours into me opportunities, support, conversations. So although it's hard for me to look at you right now. <laughs> you got me crying <sighs> on here on the show. <laughs> that This is why I had to sit down and have this conversation with you because <laughs> you have been very... Um, you. Very, very important in my my journey and being here in Atlanta as far uh-huh. as my journey, my process. And you don't ever bother me about when I don't ever go. Like, well, you be encouraged me. Get up out the house, whatever. But you don't really, <laughs> when I go into my shell and I'm quiet for a little bit, you don't ever be like, where are you being? You ain't caught. Like, you never get mad if I'm ghost for no. a minute. Like, you never Because we all need quiet time. Yes. So. We all need this quiet. I mean, you know. People who who give as much as you give need people who give back to you. But people, you also need people to understand that sometimes you got to take a step back and refill. Like you yeah. pour so much into other people. It, you only going to refill in two ways is that if you pull back and self-nourish or if you have people who pour into you to help fill that cup. And sometimes you need both. So when when I have I ain't going to lie. You know, I don't hang with no bum chicks now because I don't need that kind of energy. Um, But my friends like you, like, I know when y'all taking a break, you just need a break. You just need a break. And that's not personal. That's not that you don't love me. That's not you don't care about me. That is not you throwing me away. Because trust me, I know the ones who operate like that. But I know you and I know it's never that with you. I know that if you can come do anything for me, you will do it. You know, you and I have always supported each other, even when other people have tried to use us. Right. We both victims of being used by people. And now we talk about that when we get to the day. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but we've never done that for We've always tried to let each other's light shine. You know, right. I do a lot of speaking engagements now, but where people first saw me speak was Black Writers Weekend. Real? Yeah. Real? Yeah. Real? Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. When people first started knowing me as a moderator and a speaker and asking me to come do stuff, it's because they saw me at Black Writers Weekend. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, so that's what's up. It's always been a reciprocal relationship, right? We've always given to each other, and I think that's key is finding the people that you could do that with because we're givers, so we're prone to attract users who just want to suck us dry and leave us dry to oh. bones on the side of the road. And I feel like I'm almost like a prune right about now. Like, Jesus, I used to be a whole plum. Prune that prune right, out. Right, plump and juicy and everything. Just, I'm just drained and dry and brittle. Ugh. How do I get? How do I get the juice back? You you have to continue to to separate yourself from people who you know don't mean you no good. And it's hard because sometimes it's people you really love, and it's sometimes it's people who did one thing a long time ago that they make you feel like they you have this obligation to them right. for life. And it's like that one time in 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 two thousand three right. when you gave me a hundred dollars. I'm not honest to you for the next fifteen years for that, you know. And you have to learn once you get into. A position of power, which although we don't see ourselves because our ambitions are so big, we like until I'm Oprah, right. I ain't got no power. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Um, you know, until I'm uh, Alice Walker, I ain't got no power. But 
we are in positions of power. We do create opportunities for people. We are well connected to people. And that means that sometimes we have to learn how not to get bougie or beside ourselves, but we have to learn how to put buffers between us and the world. Yeah. And that's the hard part. Like, you have to have an assistant. You know, you have to have a manager. You have to have an agent. You have to have attorneys. You have to have people that are buffering systems that don't allow you to be sucked in. Right. And not only that, and I think my my choices when it comes to finding those buffers mm-hmm. is I could be so cool and personable with people mm-hmm. that the lines get blurred. Lines like get they crossed. For, yeah. And they forget that, hey, I'm still the boss. Hey, right. I still need you to do this. Right. Hey, I need you to still, you know, handle things, you know, with some type of rapport. Like mm-hmm. you, you still represent the company. And now I'm to the point where I really have to build business relationships within my companies and mm-hmm. that be it. Yeah. Like I really just got to be like yeah. just dry with everybody. everybody. And it's hard when you're when you're a social butterfly it's hard cuz you and I are both like like I'm a talker. I love to talk to people and talk to everybody and talk 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 talk. You are like you're like the life of the party. Like you know, you're fun, you make people laugh, right. all that kind of stuff and this was some good advice. Autumn Bailey gave me this advice. She told me you can be that, but you have to choose who you are that with. And I remember her just making it very clear to me early on when she saw me start doing stuff. She basically told me like, you know, it's okay to be kind. You want to be kind. You don't want to be known as a nightmare or anything like that. She right. was like, but you also have to reserve personal contact with yourself. And she was like, like, for example, she was telling me how, like, you're a director and producer. Like, you can't have a million friends who are actors because they all want a job. Yep. So are they really your friends or do they want a job? I'm learning that the hard way. And I know that coming up in this this book industry, I was called boss lady, but... To be honest, like, I didn't really know what boss meant. It's and a stressful got, title. It's, it's, it's ex- nothing really for me is to be glorified about the word boss. It's, it's a work. lot of work. It's, work. it's not technically fun. Like, you are obligated to a lot of people. People begin to feel entitled. And then they forget that you are human, too, or that you have your own things going mm-hmm. on, or you have to breathe your own air. Yeah. So when people begin to jump onto, um, I guess, whatever it is you're doing or even your payroll, I have had to discover that, for, you know, it, it can't be no lines crossed. Yeah. Because once they don't like something or or they feel in some type of way about another employee or they feel like more should be done for them because we, we chilled and I know you and I've met right. your children or I know who you like. It's I've, I've had to learn that the hard way. Like, what does one have to do with the other? Doesn't your personal relationships have to be personal? Your business relationships have to be business unless it is a um, unless that the only way your business relationship can also be personal is if you're colleagues and not if they're your employees. Right. That's different. That's different. You and I run two different companies and sometimes we could cross those those that business over so we're able to be friends because we're colleagues. Right. But I'm never your boss. You're never my right. boss. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's a different arrangement but you just cannot be you just can't be friends with your subordinates. You can't. No. You cannot and beyond just not being friends it's, it's, it's more complex than that. Um, you cannot be overly flexible with your subordinates. Right. Like having like Easy access and it's, 
I don't know, man. Like, it's really having to... I, I want people to understand when you take on being called, you know, the role of leadership and, and starting these companies and or these quote-unquote companies, because half these folks ain't got real companies. No, they don't. There's no LLCs right. filed anywhere. Nowhere. Like, you don't even <laughs> understand. You don't have any accounting, booking, um, nothing got no going on. payroll to pay No out. operations. Right. So, before you begin to even take on that role, I think studying business and really knowing business is ideal because I had to learn it the hard way. Yeah. I had to really go back and undo my entire company, like gut it all the way out and sit down and process every single role, every single position and every single thing that I'd done internally within my company so that I can build positions. Right. I had no idea how to put people in position because there was nothing to put them in position for. Right. So that alone took a very, 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 very long time. So I tell people before you get started with trying to be a boss and building companies and calling yourself a leader and you want people to follow, I'll admit I wasn't ready to lead a lot of people. Right. And I had to learn the hard way that some things, you know, prematurely. Yeah. Like you live and you learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 hard because especially when you are a startup, a lot of the people that start with you when startup, you're not really paying them, or you right. even if you are paying them, you're not really paying them their worth. Um, right. Um. I mean, I just think about even just the project we just did coming out hard. Like we paid people, we didn't pay people what you normally get on a regular set. You right. know what I'm saying? So you're calling in favors and you're having is more personal. You got it. People have to take on more responsibility because instead of mm-hmm. having a staff of 50, like you should have, you have a staff of 10. So each one of those 10 are doing five jobs. And so you feel, especially the ones who really work, you feel this sense of gratitude towards them. Yep. But, and so it's easy to blur the lines. Right. Because they, and, uh, and some of them feel like, you know, they they have stakes in the company because they right. started it with you and that kind of thing. Um, and so you get into that, them yep. feeling owed something or, or something to that it's effect. It's kind of like when somebody say, hey, I'll help you out. Right. After they offered help. Right. And then make you feel obligated to that help after right. the fact. Exactly. Um, like, and, and it's not help. No, and it's not. It was so a deal. It, just dealing with those. <laughs> I've dealt with a lot of that in in this. Well, in while living in Atlanta, live and learn. Yeah. And I find myself kind of going back into a shell more and more and more and more. And this I'm is a town of finessers. I know, man. It's, it's a town of finessers, and you got to be like, I'll be so damn. D- you know, ditzy, you know, thinking that, you know, everybody's <laughs> just pure and she's like, no, uh, no, everybody got a motive. I tell people all the time, at, <sighs> you go to most cities, it's kindergarten. It's just like you just pick your friends just because you like them and y'all enjoy each other's company or whatever. Yeah. But when you're in major metropolitans like Atlanta, especially ones that have large entertainment, um, you know, um, commerce, um, places, places like Atlanta and New York and Miami and L.A. and Chicago, um, you know, uh, even like Houston, Dallas, places like that. Right. It's not kindergarten. It's high school. It's full of mean girls. It's full of the popular kids. Yep. It's, you know, it's the nerds. It's who's sitting at the cool table. It's yeah. all of that. It's like the brilliant minds are not sitting at the cool table, but the the flashy ones who got the Lamborghini that they actually leasing. Right. They're sitting at the cool table, and you're trying to get next to them. Where meanwhile, the nerds table is where all the bread is being made. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's high school. It's like, like the louder they are, and I know I don't need to talk to them. Exactly. They too like too loud, too flashy. I don't, need, I don't need to talk to them. Yeah, you flexing. You ain't mm-hmm. really got nothing going on. Um. 
I've, I realized that a long time ago when I first started in this business and I worked for some really wealthy white men, to be honest, when I lived in California. And I remember how they dressed and what their cars looked like and how they carried themselves and where you saw their opulence was in their home. Now, if you went to their home, they had palatial palaces. Yes. But they was driving like these are, you know, like when I when I first started in the business, I had an internship at Dimension um, working from I worked in the Dimension division of Miramax. And I remember my boss, who was making millions of dollars, was driving like a Toyota Camry. And I remember thinking to myself, like, he's worth so much money. <laughs> like, and like he was so excited about this Camry, but it had all the bells and whistles. It had all right. the, the GPS and all that. Whatever was new at the time, it wasn't much new at the time because it was like, you know, 2000 or something. Um, but it was like 99 or 2000. So he had okay. a lot of bells and whistles. Yeah. But whatever bells and whistles was available, he had gotten he had them. He had them on this Camry. And, oh, he, and he paid for it cash outright, right? right? He had no car note right. or nothing like that. And That's it was smart. just like he picked it because it was a reliable car. He had a, he had, his wife had just had their, their first daughter and he he looked at the safety measures for his kid and all That's of that. Smart. And that's what he came up with. This millionaire came up with he needed him a camera. That's smart, though. I think you should, when, whenever yeah. you make money, make it quietly. Yeah. And so nobody would ever know. He would come to parties. He was like this goofy white dude who was wearing khaki pants and a button-up shirt. And he was making all the deals at the time on all the black cinema in Hollywood. And here he was in his khaki pants driving a Camry, <laughs> making more money than everybody at the room. People looking super opulent with gold chains and, and um, you know, Louboutins wasn't the shoe at the time. Jimmy Choo's right. and mink coats and $1,000 weaves and dudes with, you know, uh, $100,000 watches. And this man had more money than everybody in the room. Pulled off in a Camry okay. from the uh, <laughs> valet. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So now being inspired or just being around people like that, um, well, business is one thing, but the love life. Before Sucks. before we, you know, jump into anything else, um, how is dating? Like, you it said you've been here 15 years. And... It sucks. But what suck? What does that mean? Because, I mean, so I can, my, my explanation of suck would be it's different. It's, it's totally different now it's from what it different. is when I first came here. For sure. Because now it's to the point where... I think it's different because I'm different, though. That's the Maybe thing. that's it, too. I think it's different because I'm different. But is it not because of social media or... It's also social media, but I feel like the dogs, the dudes who... Dogs on social media, they was dogs before they... Dog, social media just getting them caught. Well, I'm, what I'm talking about with, with communication. Like, oh, yeah. Well, communication and communication is terrible. It is super terrible because everybody is used to communicating digitally. So there's no time taken to like yeah, really, to really like get to talk. know. Like people don't just like talk on the phone all night. Or date. Or date. And date don't necessarily Everybody just Netflix money. and chills. Yeah, I don't know what that what that is. Like Yeah, everybody wants to Netflix and chill. They don't want to actually like, like pick you up and go on a right date. Where you say like maybe I'm different because now I'm to the point where my, my last relationship, I got caught up in that just from doing that the chill. But mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to, like, be with somebody or date. So I didn't really know that that was going to make me get some caught-up feelings. Right. So, but now that I'm, you know, older and I really want to intentionally date somebody eventually, mm-hmm. um, I'm not up with the just hit me up and text me what you're doing. Ooh, bless you. Thank you. Text, text me what you're doing and then Come through. Up. Yeah. 
Like, that's boring. That's super boring. And I, I think there's no creativity in dating anymore. I think that, okay, this this going to get me in trouble. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think that the line has been blurred so much in terms of masculine and feminine identity um, mm-hmm. that the traditionalism of it is gone. So guys don't really anticipate having to do those traditional male roles in the way that they used to. So this whole idea of, like, I'm going to court her has gone out the window because guess what? A lot of chicks yeah. is courting dudes. True. And a lot of dudes is getting used to that. Because you have a lot of successful black women. There's a there's a huge disparage financially between black men and black women. Black women are making a lot more money. We're getting more educated than black men. Um, we're free. We're not going to jail. So they're getting felony records <laughs> and sad. stuff. That's not allowing them really like, and it's not an excuse for them. That's really not allowing them to thrive. You know what I'm saying? They get right. felonies for stuff that other people would just get a fine for. Right. That's true too. Now, if people want to act like that ain't strategically engineered, think again. Yep. Um, and so they're being put in position where their women are the breadwinners. And I think it's having an effect on them. But, you know, just like how men, you, you know, how just how it's, it's harder for men. And mm-hmm. you know how they, we definitely get punished harder than any other race. Right. Where women are suffering in another way as well. Yeah. So now, because now we're, oh, we're, we're having to not only mentally take on everything, but now physically as well. Yeah. So the whole dynamic between men and women in the family dynamic is just, been blown up. Yeah, I don't even know what it is no more. Nobody, and that's the problem. Nobody knows what it is. So everybody's just bumbling through. That's why I love that show, Insecure, because I feel like Issa is doing an, an exceptional job of highlighting how we're all just yep. bumbling through, yep. and there are no rules anymore. And there's like this, the whole dynamic has changed. So none of us know how to navigate in it. I don't think the guys know how to navigate. I don't think the women know how to navigate. I think people are now just doing whatever satisfies them at the moment. Yeah. And then throwing people away. So people are feeling thrown away. So they're getting bruised by that. So then their walls go up. So you find more people now that you talk to when you ask them about how they feel about dating. They're like, I don't want to be in a relationship. And it's because every relationship they've been in has bruised them. Right. And I think people are, are dating, and this is what bothers me. People are really dating or just getting to know people mm-hmm. with the intentions of waiting for something, for them to say something wrong or right. to do something wrong, for them to be like, I bet, now I'm going to be out. Yeah. Like, there is really no communication to the sense where, hey, this is me. Get to know me and all of my flaws and right. vice versa, and let's see if it works. Right. Nobody's really diving And if in something deep. is not working, some sm- not, I don't even say small thing, but there's... We have 80% of the love and this this there's 20% over here that's not working. Let's do the work to fix that. Right. Like people are not willing to do that anymore. None of that. And because it was, people have too much access to. Now now that I blame on what? social media. Well people what? have too many access too much access to options. Cause I'll I'll like I won't disclose any names, but I'll tell y'all my my one of my dating horror stories. Uh-huh. So I met this guy. I met him like at an event. So we had only, like, seen each other, like, once. Okay. And then we started talking on social media. Like, you know, like, DMing each other from okay. the event or whatever. Okay. So we, like, DMing each other and going back and forth and really getting to know each other. Then we started talking on the phone, old school styles, talking on the phone, like, okay. talk every night for, like, two hours, the whole okay. thing. Okay. So this is all on Instagram. Okay. So all on Instagram, we're having this, like, amazing digital relationship, right? Okay. 
And on the phone. We're, like, talking on the phone every day for two hours. We have all this stuff in common. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, and then fast forward, I go to Facebook, right? Because mm-hmm. now in four or five months of talking to him, I ain't been on his Facebook. I've just been on Instagram. Instagram is mostly business stuff for him. He has all his business stuff on Instagram. Okay. I go to Facebook, and it says relationship status married. What? Right. Relationship status married. Then I click on the person that this status is with, and her relationship status says married. Now, later, later, I find out they're not actually married. They're not, like, legally married. But they've been together for, like, 13 years. Got, okay, they married. Got two they kids together. together. Right. Got two kids together. They live together. That's why they both, both of their status say married, even though they haven't actually taken the plunge. But y'all basically married. Y'all been together 13 right. years. Y'all got two kids. Y'all stay in the house together. That's Y'all basically way. married. Right. But my whole thing was he lives in a different city. Okay. So in his mind, he's thinking like, I'm never going to catch up with his whole life. Mm -hmm. He's living there because he lives in the city. And because now we have social media so we could FaceTime and do all of this stuff. We were able to still have a relationship. And and he he wasn't that far away. So he was like, he could like drive up. You know what I'm saying? Like, Why are people just dishonest? I don't get it. Yeah. The dishonesty. And when I first, when we first started talking, what he told me, because I guess he was trying to like buffer it. So in case he ever got caught, Mm -hmm. what he told me was that he had a baby mama Mm -hmm. and they had two kids together and that they, um, but that they weren't together. Um, but you know, they had, he had wanted to admit that they had been kind of on again, off again. That's how he put it. Mm -hmm. Negro, y'all own, y'all super own. And what's crazy is men will always tell you, like, they're the part of the story from their former relationship on what she did. Oh, she crazy. Right. Like, oh, um, she drove me to do this. and Like, I don't understand. Where's the lack of accountability? Right. And and not not just everybody, but specifically men in that sense. Right. Where's the accountability or the, the lack of honesty? Like, why we don't do that? Right. And what I told him when when it all kind of like finally like blew up or whatever, my thing to him was, you know what? Let's take the emotion out of it. We ain't even going to talk about the fact that you hurt me, that we've been having this thing going for like six months and that I felt like completely hurt about that. Let's throw that out the window. Let's not even deal with that. Let's deal with the fact that, you know, I'm a business owner. Let's deal with the fact that, you know, I'm a I'm a whole brand out here in these streets. And you put me in a position to put some tarnish on my brand. If I had ever proudly posted a picture of you or holding my hand or at an event with you. And then here come wifey poo under my photo talking about that's my man or her cousin and somebody talking about that's my man. And now you've put a taint on my name because my brand isn't the type of person I'm not no shade but I'm not Jocelyn Hernandez like that's not my brand like I can't be like chick I took your man and that's a good look for me I'm a children's book author Mm -hmm. I'm a mentor you know I'm an advocate for women particularly women of color and you know I'm 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 a female filmmaker like there's a certain cachet that comes with my name that's not in line with the home wrecking life I'm not no female rapper I'm not a reality star I'm not any of that it can it's not a good look for me to be out here posted up with somebody else's man. Right. So you didn't give a fuck about my... Po- oh, can we curse on him? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you didn't care about my damn pockets. About how you were going to affect this business that I've been building for 20 years. 
Like you basically said, F my business, F my brand, F all of that, because you could get what it is what you wanted. And low key now when I reflect back on it, and this is another issue I think you could probably touch on that we could talk about is low key. I think you thought I was the plug. I think you thought um, I was the hookup yeah. and that I was going to be a come up for you. And you knew all my relationships with people in the music business because he does music, particularly That's all my crazy. relationships with people in the music business. And I felt like he thought that I was going to be a come up. So you were willing to risk it all because you thought I was a come up. But in the interim, you were willing to tear down my business. Girl, when I told him that, you know what his response was? But... Ain't nobody really worried about that. There's a lot of people, females out here that done been with other dudes and now they they out here winning. What? What, what? what caliber of women are you talking about? Because I just told you I'm not a reality star. I'm not right. a rapper. I'm not none of that stuff. So I'm around a whole different caliber of people. And screw all of that. That's your answer? Right. I was about to say, well, what else did he say? That's your answer. Your answer is so, so that basically, don't that's kind of true. Yeah. Basically, it's kind of true. And I, I didn't, like you said, I can't relate to that that whole feeling like the plug or right. people having other motives and not just in, in like, in love. I'm talking mm-hmm. about in, like, work. Yeah. Like, even within, like, sometimes. In these streets. Yeah, in these streets, period. Just right. Just trying to have to figure out people and, and why they want to be in your space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm tired at, of that feeling, man. This is whack. I be like, dang, I ain't even all that. I ain't all that. I'm not even really famous. Like, yeah. So what? What is the the hoop? The big hoop lie about? But you're a step towards that. Because the connections and relationships that you have, the connections and relationships that we both have, we don't. Not that we don't appreciate them, but just like they're still they're still not big enough for us. They're right. still not big enough for us. So we're like, yeah. it ain't even big enough to me for you to be caring. But we have to realize you have to go back to Mika, 17-year-old Mika. And I have to go back to like 22-year-old Kim and think about how I would view me now. Me now. Right. I th- uh, you know why I be thinking about that? Yeah. And what's crazy is, Kim, I done did some crazy shit. <laughs> I done did some amazing <laughs> Shit, like yeah. I used to get these Black Expression catalogs Ooh, in the I mail. Oh, Black Expression. Yes, as like, and I used to like visualize they my built own a website to keep up with the time. You know what? I'm gonna actually see if, if I can get like a little vintage thing of yeah. my of the little Black Expression thing and see if we can kind of try to revive that. Yeah, people but, reviving stuff, girl. They bring it back, baby. Right, food. bring back Black Expressions. Right, but just things like that, like Black Expressions, Essence. Um, Man, signing at Essence. I remember right. the year I signed at Essence Festival. Um, it's major. Like, if you even go look at the own network now, the Twitter account, like, you'll see me, like, with face. Like, exactly. Hey, and they pinned you, girl. I know, You man. was pinned it's, on, it's on the own network. Being able to meet, like, Nikki Giovanni, bringing her to Black Riders Weekend. Uh, thank you for allowing me to meet Nikki Giovanni as well. That's why I love Black Riders Weekend. I, I don't, I don't girl, I post that picture just, every now and again just to stun on folks. I know, right? <laughs> right? I posted the other day just so folks can remember. You know, like, don't do me. Don't do me. Like, I don't sit on social media and say, oh, I do this and do that. Right. But let me remind you of the things that I have done. So, that's, a matter of fact, that's why I need to do all this week. Just post, oh, let's do a flashback every day. Yep. Yeah, when I was, you know, winning this award. I met this person. I work with this celebrity. Yes, I work with this network. Yep, I was on this film set. Yep, Every you now and again, you TV. gotta take like, advantage of that Throwback Thursday right. just to let people know. Like, right. I'll, I'll go all the way back to the crate. Sometimes I'll pull up. I got a photo of me and Tyler when I was the production secretary on Medea's family reunion. I got a picture of me and him at the rap party. Every now and again, I'll just throw that on TBT just because right. I'll be like... Don't forget the lineage I right. come from. This is the man who taught me about I think, filmmaking like, with Tyler Perry. Is a must. Like yeah. bragging 
I don't do that too often, but I think I need to start doing that. Every now and again, you got to remind yourself too. True. Like it's not sometimes it's not even just for the people. Sometimes you got to remind yourself when you're beating yourself up. Like, hold up, wait a minute. Let right. me let me let me breathe because we can't forget about like just right. appreciate what we do have. So that's why we be on this world all humble and don't right. realize how we look into other people. And then Joe Schmo, pretty boy, pull up because he think you the hookup, <laughs> right? And you and not we thinking, at each other like what you mean, right? No, and okay. and you don't realize what he on because he he sees what you doing. He he remembered that time you was on Instagram with Nikki Giovanni. You know what I'm saying? Like he see that. He know you did to make a new house. He know about Black Writers Weekend. He knows all of that stuff. So these people know these things about us. And then we be like, nah, that ain't right. I ain't, I, it ain't like I'm Ava DuVernay or somebody like right. I'm good. But for the for the person who's like we, like we look at like Ava and Shonda and Alice Walker and Oprah and all of them they up here, right? Right. But we have to remember one day they were, they were here, down there. Yeah. and we were here. But now we about right here, so yeah, we 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 plugging along. We plugging along. We plugging like along. We, we ain't we ain't where we, we want to be yet, yet, but we gonna be there. We plugging along. But people right here, right. to them, we look like yeah. We look like how we looking at Shonda them. Yeah. So that's why we have to be careful because in our humility we make ourselves vulnerable. Yeah. And when right. you see those girls who got those terrible attitudes, not saying you should be like them either. When we see those girls with the terrible attitudes who aren't humble, who feeling themselves, but that's why they're always getting from somebody and not giving because they're a little bit of shine they got, honey. They playing it to they playing it like it's a, a big joker. Right. No black folks, y'all know what that is. A big joker. Well, you know what, Kim, <laughs> you definitely dropped some some gems. I definitely kind of appreciate kind of going back into <laughs> The beginning. The, beginning. <laughs> the origin story. Right. <laughs> and let's see. Seven more years would be 22 years for you here. Yep. 14 years for me here. I'll be, I'm kind of eager to see where, where, where we land. Be. Seven years from now, right? That's yeah. That's really dope. It'll be dope to see. Yeah. Seven years is not long now. It's not long It's at all. not, but when you, uh, when you two chicks who don't sleep, who work all night. I know. A lot can happen in seven years. I'm working on protecting my energy and getting my energy back all the way up to 100. And just, you know, I got, I feel like I have to eliminate some things and some people so I can get to that next level. It's so funny because I was talking to one of our other sisters, Toya, the other day. Uh-huh. Um, and she was just telling me like the kind of like the new direction she's taking with her business and what yeah. it is she wants to do. And I had a few contacts that I was able to send over to her. Like, you, sh- I want it. you to talk to these people then if, if this is what you want to do. And I wish Toy lived here. I know. I hate she moved. Oh, my God. Yeah, I hate she moved. Her story right now, like, I talked to her maybe a couple weeks. She wanted another friend that never gives me a hard time. Mm-mm. But I talked to her a couple weeks ago. And from where she was just 12 months ago, like, with, with you doing the work and you stay focused and you stay prayerful, you really just do the work, mm-hmm. man, it's going to be all right. She really did that. Yeah, she like, went she home is, and bodied it. Yes. She I, went home I in am. a short period of time. Yeah, she bodied man. it. She, she got me excited, man. I'm excited about everything that she's doing. Like, she, I, yeah, like she's that's what you got to be root for your friends. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. All of us, our whole little squad, like that's you know her Nicola yeah um you know um, January January tone everybody like Quita like I just feel like that we have all been pouring into the world yeah that I, I think that's why we all got drawn to each other yep um 
We all, all kind of separated, though. We need to kind of come, come back, back together. together. I know. I'm, you know what? I'm going to plan a little girl's trip for my birthday. Yes, that's what we need. That's we need a girl's do. trip for everybody to go, everybody to be together again. But I think that this is our, we have all poured into each other for so long, for 10, 15, 20 years. And I just I just think it's time for us to just stun on them. I'm sorry. That's yeah. the only way I could say it. Like, and that's that's not from lack of humility. That's just from we're all gifted and talented individuals and what we have done is help other people shine. Yeah. Um, because we all had companies that that's what you did. We were publicists or managers yep. or casting directors or agents, all these things where our job was to help other people, help other people. shine. But I think we've all come into our own creatively, specifically all of us as writers have um, come into our own as writers. And I just think it's time for us to turn that spotlight around on ourselves and then in our circle help each other out to push each other along. But it's time for us all to shine. And we know how to do it because we've gotten so... <laughs> I'm going to just keep it 100. We done got a lot of y'all where y'all are, low-key. Yep. If you add up the success that has been brewed from our crew... Yep. A lot of y'all shining because of whether us. Whether they want to accept it or, or not, not, whether they want to talk shit about us or not, whether they want to be appreciative of it or not. Like, right. history don't lie, stats don't lie, the work don't lie. Right. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. And I know that we both kind of on that journey of we're always going to be those people that have, that pour into others and yeah. guide them or just help or just, because that's just who we are. Yeah. But I know we in that, we're definitely in that space and I like where we're being a tad bit more selfish. And it's time. Yeah, and it's time, so. And it's time. And that goes for you fellas too. Come correct. These are yeah. boss chicks that, that are well-rounded and we just right. not the type of boss chicks that's like work, work, work. And, you know, we know we know how to entertain a man. We know how to have a good time. Yeah. We know how to let our hair down. Like, we, we understand the balance. Right. All of that. But y'all going to come you, right. What's crazy is the same things that they want, we want to. I know I do. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not I don't want all that stress. be all the, you know, stressing over who didn't make sure that the house is clean and me cook and let me be like something going on with the family. And I don't want to do all that. Like we no. don't have to really get so heavy and deep. No. Like, it don't have to be like that. It could be like, mad surface. Of course there's time and place for that, but it ain't got to start like that. That's like my mama died. Okay, be there for me. But like, right. I don't need you. I got, that's what I got my girlfriends from. Right. You know, that's one of my favorite lines from Sex in the City. I can't remember who said it, right. but one of them was just like, I don't I don't need a husband. I want a husband. I'm married to y'all. Oh. And and okay. and in the context of what she was trying to say is if I if I need a shoulder, I got my girls. I'm right. fulfilled with my girls. Now, a dude would be nice. Right. But we could keep it fun. Yeah. Because guess fun. what? If they diagnose me tomorrow with Hodgkin's lymphoma. I, yep. My sister's gonna rally around me. Trust. Y'all already know which one's gonna be there. And right. It's the truth. Like yeah. everything don't have to be so heavy and so deep. Like you don't gotta lead with lies. You really don't. No. Like there's really you lead no with point. lies when you don't even know what I want. I right. might be with the groovy shit. Right. Like how you gonna decide for me? So we're gonna see. Yeah, because um, I might even just I might have been with it and just played my hand different. Right. Like I mean. Let's let's keep one hundred. Once one when I meet somebody, I don't expect for us to be boyfriend girlfriend within no. two months, three months, hell, six months. I'm not really looking for that. First of all, I don't know if I like you or not. Right, we're just getting so to know like each other. Just, you know, let's gradually see how I go. Like. Also, I'm just like, and this is, I don't mean no disrespect, fellas. I'm gonna be honest. I'm just jaded and all of that at this point, state and portion of my life. Like, I really only need to do to be entertainment right now, and that yeah. may change for me. Yeah, I know, I know it will change for me too, but 
for for me, it has nothing to do with I don't even want to just feel obligated for nobody else. I Mm -hmm. know that what I want, I can't give to someone else. Right. I can't sit here and say I can be your emotional support. I can reach you on. I don't have it. Loyal. I don't have that in me right now. Right. Right now, my energy is on me and my children. Right. Period. So yeah. I don't, I can't give that. What I can give you is some laughs. Right. You know, some good energy. A nice dinner companion. Right, a nice dinner companion. Like, we can even have some you know, nightcaps a couple nights a week. Right. And then we can keep it moving. Now, after some time, if we want to talk about that, great. But I, I can leave with... I could use a Zozo appointment. Uh, what is that? A massage? No. Zozo is, in Creole, Zozo is... Uh, Uh-oh. Enos. Oh, God. Well, I said nightcaps. Just a little Zozo appointment. <laughs> I'm on vacations too. Like, let's just have fun together. Yeah. Like, let's really just give me all the girlfriend stuff. I don't want the wife. That's stuff. what it is. It's like that's what I'm looking for right now. Not full on relationship. I'm just looking for you to be the homie. Right. Like I'll with be benefits. your friend. Friends I'll with benefits. Friend. That's what I'm looking for. Right. I'll be like friends. People don't even understand. There's a when it even comes to friendship. There's another level of intimacy. Intimacy there as well. Mm-hmm. And you got to build towards that friendship as well. So let's just, like, why does it have to be so complicated? When you're just looking at somebody to be a friend, what do y'all do? Y'all hang out, y'all talk whenever, and mm-hmm. y'all go from there. Right. I wish dating in Atlanta was that easy. It's not, but because it's not. everybody, because it's a business deal for everybody. Yeah, everybody's trying to see, you know, what you got or... Everybody's leveling up. Yeah. Oh, you cool right now, but I'm also keeping my eye over here on Shorty because... You know, she got she on this reality show right now, and she yeah. might parlay that into something, something, something. So I'm just holding. I'm got one foot in the door over there with her, and I got one right. foot in the door over here with you. And it's not even that I'm looking for a commitment because if we're not in a committed relationship, you're not required to be committed. Right. But also, don't put me like I said in a situation like with dude. Like, don't put right. me in a situation where I'm like the right. home wrecker or that some crazy is, shenanigans like that. I don't want to. Be, I don't want to just to pull up like that. Right. Pulling up to my house. Right. That's what I said. That's boring. Like what when friends I say like, with benefits. I still want you to be my friend. Right. But not just benefits. Not just. I can't just be looking at you in the in the walls of my room, like right, the, n- Negro. I first first and foremost, I work from home, so I want to get out. I want to get out. Secondly, even if I didn't work from home, I still want to get out, and then we can come back and do stuff. Right, but like I'm not I value about to myself be, more than that. Yeah, like I'm no. so much more valuable than that. Yeah, that's kind of whack. That's and it's just boring. Like if that's what I wanted to do, then cool. But that's not what I want to do. That's it's boring. I want to be entertained, and that's not entertaining. Right. And, and it's like, yeah. you can have so much fun with somebody, like you said, without all the additionals. I agree. Like, I, I, here's a, here's a good story, right? A good dating story. The only problem is he didn't live in Atlanta. So he will only come here. I dated this guy for like, on and off for like a year and a half. He didn't live here. He lives in LA. And he would come, okay, he would come into town. And when he would come into town, you talking about go hard. I'm talking about we would party like it was the apocalypse was tomorrow and we right. knew it. Like we would go out, eat, we'd go out, drink. He'd be like, what you want to do? We'd go to reggae club. We'd dance okay. all night. I'll come back later for my Zozo appointment, you know. And so we just used to have so much fun together. And when he would go back to L.A., we would text a little bit. You know, we would talk a little bit. Not every day. He didn't feel no obligation to talk to me every day. I didn't feel no obligation to talk to him every day. But at least, like, once or twice a week, we would check in. If something savage did happen, like, if he saw, like, 
oh my God, I saw you post that you was having like a rough day. What happened? You want right. to talk about it? He might call me and do that. If he got a promotion at work, he might be excited to call and tell me, be like, oh my God, I got the promotion. I'll be like, that's great. I might send him a little e-card, like congratulations on your appointment. Right. But that was it. When I tell you the only reason that stopped is because I think over time he started wanting more and he was ready to settle down. And he basically said to me like, uh, okay, I'm going to start, like, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to start dating because I, I think I'm at a place now where I really right. want somebody who lives here in L.A. Right. that I could just really tr- start trying to have a real relationship. And I could respect that. Yeah. And we so we kind of try to fade it away. But even now, at least twice a year, we'll just hit each other just so like, <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> how you doing? Are you all right? Are you good? But the time that we spent together... I feel no, I don't feel any you negativity towards him at all. And, and, I, and I actually get that. And I didn't, I didn't know what that actually meant until I actually experienced it. Because everything is not a bad experience. Like, you mm. don't have to break up or stop being friends with someone. And it got to be, like, some ill, you know, feelings between. It just is what it is. And it was this one guy that I experienced, like, some had some bomb-ass experiences with. Mm-hmm. And then one day, we kind of, it just faded out, and it just did not exist anymore. We kind of went on to different things. But if we were to talk now, it would be like, hey, how you, how you been? How you doing? Like, I feel... No animosity. Right. It was a great experience. And I've had a, a few people, whether it's friends or relationships, it's just some things are just for a season. Yeah. Like, you're supposed yeah. to experience it, and that's definitely it. Yeah. Well, Kim, we can keep talking all night. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had to bring you in for just a, a conversation, too. So for people to not only see, um, just to get some insight on just the things that we deal with as far as trying to find love, but just dating and the, the woes of entrepreneurship and the expectations. And, but anywho. But this is fun. BookCon, May, right? June. June. June 1st, I'll be at BookCon um, promoting my new book, I'm Not Dying With You Tonight, which comes out October yes. 1st, 2019. She got a new book. Yes. Congratulations on that, by Thank the way. you. Um, I'm, now I'm trying to follow you, man. <laughs> for real. I'm like, like, you've been encouraging me with this cookie book for so long. I'm like, okay. Like, I, and I know the reason why I have, I, I need to be ready before mm-hmm. I really step into that role. Because, you know, I can't do it half-ass. So no. when I do it... You know, I'll be all the way in it. Yeah. You so. need to get Toy on that. I know. She's a I'm great gonna get it editor. together. I'm going to get it together and, and go from there. So we'll yes. see. Yes. All right. And we are out. Oh, the nigga that dressed too good. The two fly nigga. The two fly nigga. <sighs> how you date the jailbird nigga? Oh, how you date the I don't know. I'm at the process. Oh, yet. my God. The book is an epic fail on chapter one. <laughs> give me one. No one out there. I'm trying to figure out why. I'm trying to figure out why. Hold on. Okay, so if you're going to date a jailbird, you have to understand his need for seclusion. Like, for him to be by himself. <laughs> um, oh, he's going to have appreciation for sheet meals. <laughs> He's going to fold his clothes up. Yeah, he's going to be very neat. Right. So you don't have to worry about him being messy. Okay, this is him good. We, we get somewhere. Um, he going to want breakfast at 3 o'clock. Yes. He's very aware of his surroundings. So you can be, you can feel safe with him in public. It's like a bodyguard. Um, let's see. 
He is good with organization and structure. <laughs> like, for real talk. Following the rules. Yeah, we're following the rules. Like, real talk. Shit, maybe not. That's you know what, Jim? Dang, jailbirds may be the way to go. <laughs> you can train them to put their ass in the position. They can be trained. Yeah, so jailbirds can be trained. I don't think, I think that you they should date jailbirds. They got time on their hands. So yep, they, they got they patience. They got patience. They will learn how to master something. They will process the shit through because they they think about repercussions now. <laughs> That's so <well. laughs> That's good. It's gonna be a good book. All right, throw me another. Throw me another. This is good. <laughs> <laughs>